Hey everyone, and welcome to the 16th episode of my podcast, History from the Back Pages, which goes in depth on historical figures, events, and places throughout history. This week's episode will focus on Dr. Diane Fossey, a primatologist who worked in Rwanda for 20 years until her death in 1985. And pardon me if my voice sounds a little bit hoarse, but I'm not feeling the greatest, kind of have a cold. But we're still going to go on with this week's podcast, not going to skip it due to a cold. So here we go. And this is the fourth episode of season two. So we've done Jedediah Smith, Naomi Irmura, um, Ludwig Leishart, and now Diane Fossey, who is nothing like Ludwig Leishart or Jedediah Smith, but a lot of her work could be considered in the places she traveled, in a sense, similar to Nomi Urmura. Not very close, but if you try to compare similarities, they would be more similar than our two. So, Dan Fossey was born in 1932 in San Francisco, which is the same year that my grandma Carol was born. Interesting fact. <laughs> and her parents divorced when she was six. Her stepfather, Richard Price wanted her to be a businesswoman, but she loved animals way too much and never wanted to do business, so her stepfather's voices fell on deaf ears. She then attended UC Davis to study pre-vet, but way too difficult for her, they said, and she couldn't do it. So Her sciences were lacking, so she transferred to San Jose State instead, where she got a degree in occupational therapy in 1954. Also, she was a skilled equestrian and loved horses, so she left San Jose to move to Louisville, where she worked at a hospital with children and also horses as well. So she became a skilled, skilled horse rider while working at a co-worker's family farm while volunteering at the hospital. At this point, we, we skip ahead about nine years. So this is 1954, she graduated. She worked in Louisville for Louisville for a while. And we skip ahead to actually 63. When she wanted to go to Africa, but she had very little money, so she basically used every single nickel and penny she had to go to Nairobi in 1963. And there she met William Holden, the famous actor, who introduced her to a guide, John Alexander, who became a close friend, and they worked together for a number of years, who got her interested in looking at gorillas. And while she was there, she was told about Jane Goodall, who is probably the most famous person who worked with apes in the whole world. She worked with chimpanzees. So she, if you're thinking about someone who worked with some sort of ape, Jane Goodall would be number one. And then Diane Fossey would be around there somewhere. And they also ended up meeting, which is pretty cool, because Jane Goodall was more farther in her research than Diane Fossey at this point, even though they were born pretty much the same time. In fact, Jane Goodall was younger than Diane Fossey. But Jane Goodall taught her a little bit about what she learned from looking at chimpanzees. So Diane Fossey used that to look at mountain gorillas, which is what she wanted to look at instead of chimpanzees. Then she met Joan and Alan Root, who introduced her to mountain gorillas in Uganda. This is the first time she saw them. 
as she and John Alexander, the guide, lived behind Mr. and Mrs. Root's log cabin in a tent. So when they would go out in the morning with pictures, they take pictures of the mountain gorillas there. Then in 1966, she left Louisville full time, so she's like goodbye United States and moved to Africa. And she's on the way to Congo, where, and she also got a car named Lily, which is Land Rover, which is her mode of transportation. Even though in a lot of the research I found, it said she was known as the Hermit of the Hills or the Hermit of the Mountains. So her chances of her driving were, in my opinion, probably not that, that high, but she got a car anyway. Then while she was there, she stopped at the, a national park and met Jay and Goodall and started asking her questions about chimps. So earlier, that was just hypothetical, but this is where she actually met Jane Goodall and started talking to her and we started becoming a close bond between the two primatologists. Then we go, we go back to a prior person, Alan Root. They don't talk about Joan Root, his wife, but Alan Root, the photographer, helped her start tracking down the gorillas because he knew about their patterns and how to track them by mating calls, voices, leaving out certain types of food, and this was in Congo, so she was there in 1967. But then we get to an interesting event. Um, it was always 1967, and she was trying to be in Congo, but Mubatu Sese Seko Kuku Libendu Wa Zabanga, a military leader of Congo during the Congo crisis, told her. You will leave Congo and never return. So just like the first episode when we did J.J. Smith, when um, Jose Maria, the leader of California at the time, the governor, told J.J. Smith he'll never return. Mubatu Sese Seko Kuku Lubendu Wa Zabanga told her she'll never return to Congo. So she took his advice, the expert's advice, and during the Congo crisis. So she decided to try to flee somewhere else instead of Congo. So she managed to bribe some officials and flee to Rwanda, where she ended up spending the rest of her career with apes. So in 1967, she began to work at Kuroske, which she founded, which is set between two volcanoes. And the locals called her the Hermit of the Hills, or the mountains, because they're mountains. And the gorillas here were different than the gorillas she had previously met because these gorillas hated humans. Their only interactions were with poachers, so many of the gorillas were killed. So she had trouble getting the gorillas to trust her and like her at this point because they were very violent due to being scared, which I can't blame them if poachers were attacking them. And she was having trouble at this point getting many students to stay because many students who were working with her got scared by the weather, the bad food, and the poachers. So most were getting in their cars and never coming back. And let's see, J um, Diane Fossey was very against poaching and tourism. Those are basically her two most hated things. She did not want tourists coming and mucking up for research and hurting the gorillas, and she was against poaching. And her favorite gorilla, which was named Digit, he was killed in 1978 by poachers. 
So then she founded a wildlife fund in his name, the Digit Fund, but was changed after her death to the Dan Fossey Wildlife Fund instead. And at this point, we get to the early 80s. So this point, she stopped doing really more research and wanted to focus more on stopping poaching, which is an unbelievably hard task. And now, in, let's see, 1982, she started dating Bob Campbell, a National Geographic photographer, and this lasted a few years. There was also a movie that came out in 1988, so after three years after her death, written by a book. She wrote a book called Gorillas in the Mist, 1983, and that was developed from screenplay in 1988, Gorillas in the Mist with Sigourney Weaver. And Bob Campbell, the person she dated for a few years, was his character was in this movie. The Girls in the Mist, which was a big movie that had five Academy Award nominations. And now we're getting to the, about her legacy, the end of her career. Let's see, I think I'll talk about her book. She wrote Girls in the Mist, 1983, which is the bestseller. And if most people know a book about gorillas, this is the number one book. And now we'll go to her death because it was very interesting and a lot of hypotheticals, a lot of controversies, a lot of people don't know exactly who killed her, why, all they know is how she was killed. So on December 27th in the Beringa Mountains, she was found dead in 1985 in the morning and she lived in this log cabin and when they found her, her face was cut diagonally. So you may think, oh, it was a robbery because they knew that uh, Diane Fossey had money and backing and shares from her book. So maybe somebody came up the mountain, which sounds ridiculous, came up the mountain to try to find her and then killed her when they wanted to steal her, her gun, her passport, her money, her books. I guess that could be a reason, but they think not because all that was still remaining in the cabin, so that was ruled out as a motive. Another motive they thought was that poachers, because she's very anti-poaching, and she would not deal with any BS from the poachers, so many poachers wanted her out of the way, they said, so if she was out of the way, it'd be easier to hunt and kill the gorillas. But that was also somewhere in the back burner so they're not exactly sure that was the number one motive but our motive that the Rwandan government decided was that her research assistant her last one Wayne Richard McGuire was expected of becoming jealous wildly jealous of her and stole her wanted to steal her sequel to the book um, Gorillas in the Mist she, he wanted to steal it, the sequel and publish it as his own. So it'd be the Wayne McGuire by Wayne McGuire instead of by Diane Fossey. Because his career was over, they said and he was a loser and he wanted to do that. But there's not really evidence that shows that Wayne McGuire committed the murder. He even said later that it was all cover a fake and he didn't do it. And that the charges were outrageous. So there's not really any way at this point to completely figure out was it poaching, robbery, or Wayne McGuire's creepy fascination. Those are the three most likely, but 
not sure. And this was in 1985, so it was a while ago. So unless someone comes forward from back then, or they find uncovered evidence that was previously not found, then the chances of them finding out exactly how she died are slim. So basically the most important things to think about on Dr. Anne Fossey are she decided to go to Africa, she worked with mountain gorillas for over 20 years in Rwanda, Congo, and a number of other places. And if you want, she can basically call her the mother of gorilla research. So whereas Jane Goodall is known as the mother of chimpanzee research and studying, she would be the mother of mountain gorillas. So thanks everyone for tuning into this week's episode of History of the Back Pages. I'm going to end it here because there's a lot more that could be talked about Don Fossey, but I don't want to go way over 15 minutes because that'd be too much. And I basically got the main things I want to talk about in her life story, where she was born, her career, and her death, which are all very important to know about. So thanks for tuning in and see you next time on History from the Back Pages. Which I'm thinking about for next episode, maybe doing a place or event instead of a historical figure, because that is also in my intro. So why not do one of those instead of a figure for episode? Bye!